Welcome in. Before we get rolling, I want to tell you about the awesome sponsors that are keeping this free for you guys. First on the list, we have Pacific Custom Calls. If you're looking for a waterfowl call at all, ducks, geese, cranes, whatever you're after, uh, Pacific Calls have got it. I personally run the uh, 509 Goose Call. Been doing it for a couple years and I love it. Haven't had any issues with it yet. Uh, the guys over there are awesome. So if you're looking for a new call, you can find them at PacificCustomCalls.com. Uh, search them up, find what you need. If they don't have it, they will soon. Next, we have DuckSeason.com. Uh, this is a website where you can go on, uh, put in your location, where you're at, what you hunt, what you go after, and you can link up with people from across the country and see what they go after, where they're at, and you guys can trade hunts. Uh, it's an awesome deal. If you uh, don't have the money to do a guided hunt or you don't want to have a guide and you just kind of want to do somewhat freelance, this is a uh, great way to do it. So get on there, get signed up. just takes a couple seconds to uh, get your info in there and you're uh, on the list and people can search through your state and find you. And It's a great thing. I'm on it. Look for me there. Maybe we can trade a hunt someday. Now we have Easy Deeks uh, decoy rigging systems, decoy weight systems. They do Texas rigs, timber rigs, whatever you're looking for for your floating uh, decoys or decoy bags or anything like that. They got it there. Uh, check them out. A lot of cool stuff on there. Their website is the letters E-Z-Dekes.com. -E um, a lot of cool things on there. Go check them out. Now we got Waylon Johnson and his guide service. He's down in the San Antonio area. He's chasing all sorts of ducks and geese down there along with some fishing. Uh, if you're down in the area looking for uh, some birds or for some fishing, give him a call. His number is 361 494 seven eight six eight now for your decoy needs you should go check out big al's decoys uh silhouettes of about any bird you can think of he's got on there uh swans ducks geese pigeons turkeys and uh possibly some more cool things in the future big things so uh if you're looking for some decoys go check them all out they got bags and everything on the site uh it's big al's decoys.com b-i-g-a-l-s-d-e-c-o-y-s.com and on to uh, a custom lanyard site. If you're looking to uh, get a new lanyard, hang your calls on, looking for something to get customized, uh, Landon does a great job. He's at uh, Darkwater Customs. You can find him on Instagram and put an order through him that way, at dark underscore water underscore customs. Get on there, check it out. He does some awesome work. Uh, not just lanyards, he does haulers too. So uh, get after it. Go get him. Go get something cool from him. Now we've got Steady Wing Outfitters. That's Mikey Soberano over in Northeast Kansas. He specializes in waterfowl, turkey, deer. I know for waterfowl season coming up, he's uh, ready and raring to go. So if you're looking for a hunt over in that area, give him a call. His number is 785-410-2304. And last but not least, we have Highline Retrievers. That's my dog training business up here in Northeast Montana. Uh, if you're looking to get your dogs trained, if you're looking for advice, uh, whatever you need, I'm always available. I'm always uh, willing to help out. Uh, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, all the places. And then if you need to get a hold of me, uh, my number is 406-783-7083. Thanks a lot. Thanks to all of our sponsors. And enjoy the show. Well, the took wing, shotgun singing, a pointing dog down in the old logging road. And then he got three And looked back grinning I fumbled around And I tried to reload The country was cold Alright, 
Welcome to the Woods and Water Podcast. This is Garrett. Today we have a returning guest, Ryan Risher. He's from southern New Jersey. He's part of One Tree Outfitters. So for the people that didn't hear about you the first time, uh, why don't you introduce yourself? Sure, Garrett. Thanks again for having me on. I appreciate it. Um, so yeah, so for those of you who haven't um, heard a couple of his previous podcasts, um, the Cohen One Tree Outfitters were based out of southern New Jersey, primarily Salem, Cumberland, Cape May counties, Atlantic counties. Um, by and large, what a lot of what we do is for greater snow geese down here uh, when they're here wintering. Um, and we also do, you know, puddle duck hunts, um, September goose hunts, brant hunts, black ducks, if that's kind of a specialty item you're looking to come onto the East Coast to do. And then anybody who's listening out there who's looking to do their U.S. slam for turkeys, we also are pretty busy in the spring doing that. Awesome. So last time we talked, it was right around snow goose season because we did like a snow goose one-on-one. You were part of that series. Um, so based on that, from that episode, you're like the, uh, I think it's number three or four most listened to podcasts from the show. So that's pretty cool. cool. That's pretty cool. So that was before turkey season, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. I think we did that in like mid or early February, I think. I thought so. So... I guess, how did turkey season go? Did you guys get a bunch of cool birds down there, or what was that like? Yeah, turkey season was pretty busy. Um, we had a we had a really good season. Um, we had a lot of great people that we ended up, you know, crossing paths with from all over the country, you know, especially guys out from, like, the Midwest and stuff that came here to get their birds with us. We I think over the course of the season, we only had a couple of guys that came in for their slam that, you know, we were on birds and just ran out of time, stuff like that. Um, but, you know, they'll, they'll be back next year. Hopefully we'll get them in and out of Jersey. And, um, you know, they had a really good hatch this year. It was honestly probably one of the best hatches I've ever personally seen in my life down here. There's a ton of poults around. You know, we had a pretty mild and not wet spring. So, I mean, we were seeing – I was seeing poults the second to last week of turkey season already uh, while we were still out hunting. So, um, yeah, it seems like they did really well. So that's, that's going to bode well, you know, two years out from now once, you know, they get past being jakes and stuff. So do you think it was because of the mild weather that it was such a good hatch or what, I guess, what, what kept them going? Or is there a lot of food like bugs and shit around? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it just, I think it warmed up a little bit earlier this spring. Um, you know, besides between that, which is going to get, you know, the vegetation growing up quicker, the bugs out quicker. You know, when it's not as damp and rainy and stuff like that, you know, they're just, they're better inclined to be able to, you know, survive, you know, as long as we don't have a wet or a damp or a cool spring. But I mean, I, I saw some, some late poults that were, you know, well into like mid July. And I know a couple of people who saw poults that were, um, you know, pretty young, even as of like early September, late August. So whether they were, you know, re-nest or, you know, in some cases they do have two clutches, which is not uncommon. It could have been one of those two things, but, you know, again, by and large, it seemed like we just had a really good, you know, series of weather events that kept things the way that the birds need them in the spring. So looking forward to the next couple of couple of years, especially. Do you guys do fall turkeys out there too, or is that not a season out there? Or are you just focus we on do. the waterfowl? <clears throat> Um, we, we do have a fall season. Um, it usually actually runs concurrent with our opening split of ducks down here. This year it didn't. Um, I, I was supposed to have a couple of guys. I had one guy, unfortunately, had to cancel. Um, you know, he had some personal stuff, you know, that he was having to deal with, which was obviously a priority. 
Um, and I had another guy down here. He's just getting into hunting and he wanted to come down for a few days. And, you know, with some people, um, you know, he came with me last year and, you know, we spent the day together just looking at sign and, you know, understanding how, you know, the birds are trying to, you know, move about the landscape and things like that and kind of what I'm looking for. So when he was down here, um, I, I was a little bit busy this week. I had planned to hunt with him, um, but he was totally fine just kind of doing his own thing and me just kind of pointing him in the right direction of spots that I've been seeing signed in this fall and, um, you know, just kind of set him loose to kind of do his own thing. And, you know, we, we talked Saturday when he, before he got out of the year and, you know, he had, he had a great week, you know, he, he saw birds, he didn't quite close the deal or anything and had a lot of cool, you know, encounters with deer, which is still unaccustomed for him. So, you know, he said he learned a lot and, you know, had a good time overall. Are, I'm assuming most of you guys are shotgun guys, right? When it comes to turkey. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Okay. Well, that's good. Nice little turkey season then. So then back to the snow goose thing. How was you guys? Did you guys do a spring season or how did that roll? We, we did. It was the, ironically, I was talking about how we had a great turkey season. This past snow goose season was one of the worst I've ever seen. Um, but, you know, you got to take the good with the bad. You know, we did, We just didn't run as many hunts. We rescheduled a lot of hunts for, you know, this upcoming year. And fortunately, everything I'm seeing leading up to this year was, you know, the, the adult population for the graders was a lot lower going back up to the breeding grounds, but they went back to pretty ideal conditions. And the ones that did get up there did do really well. So hopefully that's going to bode well for our, you know, here in the next, I don't know, month and a half before they get down here. Is that just on graders or is that on your uh, regular snows too? Well, we only, we only really get the graders. Um, the lessers we get more so later during the CO and what, what's actually happening is a lot of our lessers that we get, they're like trans flyway birds that go through the Midwest and then kind of cut across down to Virginia, North Carolina, but then they follow our birds back up in the spring. So we'll get some of those birds like late February, early March. Um, but I haven't really followed too, too much about you know, how well they did or how well the, you know, Ross Easton or anything like that, just because we don't really, you know, get them like we do our graders that winter here. I can't remember. Did we talk about this last time? Have you've gone out to like North Dakota and stuff, Jason Lessers, haven't you? Or were you just mostly graders over there? Um, no, when I went to North Dakota and stuff, we we just strictly duck hunted. Um, I've only I've only hunted snows out in the Midwest and Arkansas when I lived there. So yeah, that's you know a lot of your you know Ross and Lessers and you know those two species. Um, we've only you know the past handful of years shot a couple of Ross here. Um, you know, and again we're we're good for shooting some Lessers every season. But, you know, by and large, we're shooting our graders. You know, just last year we had that avian flu here, and that just really put a, a damper on them. And then on top of that, for whatever reason, we were just in this void. You know, we had them in December, and then, like, we lost basically the whole month of January. And then, you know, early February, we finally had some birds come back through, but it was just all adults that had been, you know, hunted down in Delaware for the month where they were. So they were just super decoy shy and just, you know, they just really wanted nothing to do with us, unfortunately. So, you know, just such is life. Well, 
part of the thing of chasing birds. They got that tiny little bird brain, but God, if they don't outsmart you most of the time. Yeah, and sometimes I wish I could just get into that pea brain because <laughs> it would definitely make things a lot easier. You know, I felt I was bummed because I mean, you know, we had a, we had a couple of decent hunts, but nothing like you know it should be that time of year. And I was more so bummed out just you know with it being my dog's first season and everything, where I was hoping he was going to be able to really rack up some reps during snow goose season and you know he only got to retrieve you know a handful you know 20 30 birds maybe like it was wow. nothing like where he should have you know you know that was over the course of a handful of hunts where you know there should be multiple days he's doing that day in and day out but you know you know it just is what it is you know you can't control it yeah 100 percent. so i guess let's roll off of that what did you uh New this summer. I guess we haven't really ever talked about that. What's your off season like? I know we talked about dogs last time, but yeah, I mean a lot of that <laughs> was kind of a, a different off season, I guess, because you know usually I'm doing a lot of fluke fishing and kind of getting some stuff ready for the upcoming season. Um, and I really didn't do a lot of that this year because um, uh, you know I ended up selling one of my boats, planning on getting another boat. Unfortunately, that one fell through, so. You know, that didn't really work out. And, you know, just cost of living and gas and stuff like that was, you know, not cheap to be able to go fishing and, you know, stuff like that. Just it just was what it was. So I spent a lot of my time really with the dog, just getting him out, working on a lot of training stuff that, you know, I don't want to say we struggled with during the season. But, you know, things that I wanted to catch up on and button up and tighten up and, um, you know, a lot of things kind of that sort you know, we did a little bit of traveling together and took him camping for the first time. So that was, that was fun. We went to West Virginia and we didn't kill one another and <laughs> he, he had a good time. And, um, yeah, I mean, a lot of it was just kind of hanging out around the house and just kind of getting stuff here done and just kind of getting ready for this season, you know, waiting on September was a, was a lot of it. And, you know, we, we got out, I don't know, a dozen, dozen and a half times during September, uh, for early goose season. It was average i would say um and we had a couple of decent shoots but a lot of it was just you know i don't know six eight ten baker's dozen stuff like that you know we had a couple of days we shot 20 30 plus so you know he got some good work in there to kind of get some of his cobwebs out and you know we got our cobwebs out and you know just kind of rolled right into our first week of you know duck season which was pretty solid um you know we had a really good opening day um and then, you know, kind of after that, you know, we hit that, we had like a, a nor'easter or a front come through and pushed a lot of our water out kind of leading up to that full moon. It was getting warm. So a lot of the like teal hunting kind of dropped off. So we just focused on shooting wood ducks the rest of the week and, you know, just kind of getting out and hanging out and stuff. So how late do you guys' wood ducks hang around? Like, do you guys get a good season out of them? Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it depends. Um, largely speaking a lot of them by the end of november they're pretty much gone um but i have had seasons in the past where um we get another push of them down actually why that was i don't really remember this is going back probably four or five years um but i was actually shooting them like like field ducks um in a bean field leading up to like the second to last day the last days of the season which was mid-January at the time. So that was, that was pretty cool. But, you know, really our first split that week we get in October, 
there's a lot of them around. Um, and then we'll shoot them for maybe another week or so um, in November when the split opens back up. And after that, they're pretty much gone. Hmm. So you guys hammer teal there too, right? Yeah, we shoot quite a few teal. <laughs> what do you- I, I, I wish we had an early teal season here because, I mean, I, there's days like when we're September goose hunting and, like, you know, the September geese just, for whatever reason, don't really want to cooperate. And, you know, you're sitting out there and you got, you know, teal all around you and you can't do anything about it. It's just like torture. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, we, we we saw a lot of blooming even still opening day. We had a lot around. We only shot one, which... I thought it was really bizarre because you know, we, we had hundreds of them in this area that I had scouted that we hunted. Um, it, it's, it's always buying a large uh, green wing here, you know, that time of year. But I mean, for whatever reason, we only shot one blue wing and I thought we were going to shoot several that day, but you know, it was what it was. We shot a bunch of teal, the blue wing, we shot a couple of pintails, some black ducks, um, kind of those just cookie cutter species we're expecting opening week. Okay, so we don't have a teal season here either, which is kind of stupid because our teal here are gone pretty well about the time the season starts since we're so far north. So I really wish we had like an early teal season to at least get a couple. And I've only ever shot one wood duck in my life. It was actually my first duck ever. So I really don't have much experience with either of them unless there's just like a random one came in. What's the difference in like hunting them? Because I've heard like wood ducks whistling in is crazy and teal cruising by like missiles is crazy too. But as a guy that actually hunts them, what are they like and what's the difference? Um, I mean, for, for wood ducks, I would say, well, for both of them, you know, we're really hunting kind of food sources. And for wood ducks, they, you know, we really hunt them a lot in like creeks, tidal creeks, stuff like that. Um, where there's good mast crop. So like for this year, for example, um, our mast crop of acorns was just like insane in September and early October. So it makes sense probably why we had more around that kind of stuck around because we did get a little bit of a, a cold snap right before the season. But I would say that kept them a lot or around a lot, a lot more um, when we were hunting them opening week. Um, one of the other spots I hunt, um, it gets a lot of persimmon trees between those and the acorns, and I know they you know, they love getting onto that fruit in there too. Um, so yeah, it's just kind of looking for those food food sources. And, you know, you get them for that first forty five minutes in the morning, and they're just kind of you know buzzing by going to them. Um, I don't really have to fortunately scout a whole whole lot for them. They're just always in their historic places as long as the food's there. So it's nice to be able to just kind of wake up and just be able to go somewhere and you know you're going to shoot your wood ducks. Um, just just makes it easy. You know, you're kind of in and out in an hour. And, you know, it's it's nice in that sense. And, like, the teal are kind of the same way. You know, we're just hunting food sources. Um, you know, if we're hunting tidal water, you know, there's places they, you know, they'll get into as the tide's outgoing or it makes it a little bit easier for them to forage. Or, you know, we may hunt, like, adjacent to a mud flat where they can get up and walk on it to feed. Um, so we may do that. Or, you know, we have some, like, impoundment kind of places that we hunt that are already, you know, ankle, shin deep. Um, that's got a lot of sedge, a lot of um, three square, a lot of that kind of just good natural forage that they want. Um, and they'll just they'll just load up into those spots. And, you know, it's fun because, you know, we can hunt them out of layouts or hunt them out of, like, floating kayaks. Or we can, you know, kind of get along the frag line and you just really disappear and, you know, 
throw out three or four dozen teal to Mojo, and you're going to have a, a great time shooting them. Okay. So that's about it. Then you're just kind of throwing a Mojo and a couple of uh, like comfort de- decoys. What kind of spreads do you have versus each? Yeah, I mean, the, the wood ducks, it doesn't really matter, to be honest with you. I mean, this... Are you only running like wood duck decoys if you're wood duck hunting or you just kind of throw out some mallards or what? No, that's like the fun thing. It's just like, you know, because they're always typically flying like early in the morning when it's still kind of that twilight right at, you know, first light and stuff. So I just, you know, I'll usually use like black ducks actually just to throw that silhouette against the water, you know, with a mojo or a pulsator or something. And usually just that motion, you know, it gets them curious and we'll shoot them like that. You know, I, I actually... I don't even have any wood. I think I have like a handful of wood duck decoys, but I don't really ever use them that much. Um, unless I'm hunting like a, a particular Creek where I just know that's the only thing we get there until late season when it gets like mallards and black ducks, I'll use wood ducks there. But some of the other places I hunt, like I just usually throw out like a handful of mallards, black ducks, a dozen teal with a mojo. And I mean, the wood ducks will come in just fine to it. Um, even, even with the teal, I mean, you know, there's times like we'll just hunt strictly over teal decoys, but a lot of the time, you know, we're mixing in other ducks just because there's always other ducks in the area and, you know, it's just, they don't always seem to come to just teal decoys, but the teal decoys or the teal will come to, you know, pretty much anything. Okay. I kind of answered that, I guess then. One of these days, I'm going to go somewhere that's actually got a teal season or something, so we can actually get some hunting. Well, you in. Know, it's 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 interesting you say that because they just put out like a waterfowl survey to us here, because um, they're trying to do some stuff with like restructuring our zones and our dates and um, you know some of the just regulatory stuff like that. And there's kind of like a public comment period of it, and I was like. You know, I don't understand like why we don't have you know an early teal season. And there's this, I guess, I don't know the whole full scope of it, but in, I guess in some states, it it takes away from their regular duck season. Therefore, they don't want it. And then I know states, I think it's like... Um, like there's pressuring birds before season? Is that what they're saying? Or what do you mean it takes away from it? No. no. So, like, you know, we get a 60-day season. They're like, oh, if we give you two weeks of teal season in September, you're going to lose two weeks of regular oh, duck season. I got you. Now, I, I don't know. I haven't really looked into that, you know, as far as if that's a thing here, as it is potentially in other states. Um, I, and I don't know if it's like, um, you know, like in Maryland, they have a thing where it doesn't take away from their season, but the the discrepancy is the layover of early Canada season and teal season, which would make sense for here because early early Canada season, we can have the plugs out of the gun, right? Now, if Teal was running concurrent, <laughs> you got somebody running seven shells in the gun. Like, I, you know, I, I see that, um, but like from my from my perspective, I'm like, just give us three shells then, and just let us shoot both. I, I would be totally fine with that. I, I would prefer to shoot Teal over September geese anyway. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, how many shells do you really need? I mean, who knows? I I guess I don't know what your geese are like, but. Even on snow geese, I mean, unlimited rounds, it seems like once you get past three or four, most of them are Hail Marys anyways, and you're just shooting yeah, flock ex- shooting. Exactly. Exactly. And, and that's where, like, you know, I even look at it because the first couple of the hunts this season that we did for early Canada, like, I didn't even, 
put the extension on my gun. I'm just like, if I take the plug out and I get five shots, even then, like, it's rare that I'm I'm dumping the entire tube into a flock. It's usually three or four, and then I'm saving a couple for cripples if I need it. Yeah. So it's like, if I got bumped down to being able to shoot three, but, you know, there was a layover of early teal and goose, like, I'd be all about it. Yeah, we, uh, my first year or two, maybe it was even three of snow goose hunting, we were all about the extended mags and everything, and first every flock that come in doesn't matter if they only got to 40 yards you're dumping the whole mag every time and it kind of got the point you're just burning shells and you're maybe hitting one out of the whole out of the whole mag so then i did like two years straight where i didn't even put an extension tube on or anything where i was just shooting three rounds or you know plug out or whatever so it was four or five if you're doing two and three quarters and i was doing more than plenty because i actually had a i wasn't just pop 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 pop, pop, pop just shooting into the air and uh it made me hit more and got me better and now i don't even I ain't worry about putting one on. Less weight, you're toting around on the front of that gun, and yeah, yeah. And it's not like I mean, it's not any cheaper right now either. Where yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. You want to just be too. Spraying, you know, just dumping a tube, and there goes thirty dollars out the end of the gun. Yeah, sure is. <laughs> sure is fun though when you got like five or six guys with uh, extension tubes, and you get a good, real good flock that's low. Get some of those videos where. I do love the popcorn videos. Yeah. Don't we all? So I guess we kind of worked into a little bit. How's the season been so far? Are you guys, you've just had one split or how's it been? Yeah. So we just had our, our opening split. Um, basically like the third week of October had that for a week. And then now we are waiting until uh, we got, we got two, two and a half more weeks, something like that. I think we come back in the 17th and then, We'll be going straight through until you know the end of the season and stuff. So you know we got some we got some duck hunts booked. I'm not really running a lot of people for Brant this year because unfortunately, and I can't remember if I talked about it in the other one, but they they reduced our Brant season down to 30 days, one bird. So because you know, they didn't have a, a super great year, um, so we got knocked down for that. And I'm just, I mean, I, I was talking to a guy on the phone today from Florida that you know, he, he drew a swan tag and. Uh, North Carolina. He's like, hey, like, well, I'm already up there. Like, can I drive up to you know, me and my buddy to you know get our black ducks and brand? I'm like, if we're gonna do something, like, I'll get you up for your black ducks, but like, I don't really want to. Like, I want to go take your money to go shoot one one brand. Like, yeah, I would say let's just like let's just hold off and you know come next year or something because I think they're gonna probably get bumped up next year. The last like midwinter, or, yeah, the last mid midwinter survey, I think it was like they were bad. And then I guess they had a pretty decent hatch this year. So, you know, hopefully, you know, for 2024, 25, they'll be back up to two birds for 45 days. So how, I guess, how often are they changing stuff around? Like, do they need like three years of a steady decline before they lower limits? Or is it like year to year, you don't know what's going to happen? So that's the, that's the unique thing with the brand. Um, There's like four tiers when they do um and, and don't quote me on this I, I i may i may garble this a little bit but you know they do like their you know um they have breeding surveys up there because they're they're banding but they base i think the the regulatory changes off of the midwinter surveys that like we're doing new york is doing because we winter like 90 percent of the population 
So they're looking at like the adult to GV ratios to kind of get an idea of what the hatch looked like up there. And based off of those numbers, um, they there's like four tiers that the birds fall into for management recommendations. Like like the worst tier is like, you know, they just had a horrible year. The population just in general is like way down below this threshold where they'll close the season. Next tier is we get a one-day season for 30 days. The next one is like two birds for 45 days. And I, I can't remember if the best tier is either – Three birds for 45 days or two for 60. I forget which. But, you know, we we're, we got bumped down a tier, basically, based on these surveys that they do. But they're unique in that those can change year to year, whereas a lot of our other stuff isn't like that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, I guess based on that, where, which tier do you say you're in now? It's one, you get one bird and it's only a 30-day? Yeah, so that's like the, the second category or the second tier where the population overall is within like a certain window. Um, and if it falls below that window, that's when we get a season closure. So, you know, it could be worse. We could, have, we could you know, have a closed season. But I mean, unless, you know, we get another anomaly event like Sandy or something that just totally depleted, you know, a lot of their wintering habitat here i don't foresee a closure within the foreseeable future um you know that was the last time we had a closure that i can remember was right after sandy you know everything after that was you know they got a little bit more liberal and a lot a little bit more liberal with what we could do and you know this is the first time you know in a handful of years that now we're back down to only being able to shoot one bird which you know it is what it is you know it's out of our control Okay. Let me see how. In- so, you guys ocean hunt them, right? What's that? You guys o- ocean hunt them, right? Or are you guys fields next to it, or how are you guys chasing them? Uh, we're like in the back bays. Like you don't really go out out front for them in the ocean. They they winter in largely in our back bays. Um, so that's where all their their forage is and stuff like that. Okay. So you're you're still you're water hunting them though, right? Like you guys just hanging on the edge, or you guys in layout boats? Uh, no, we don't layout hunt for them. Um, you know, we have some areas that we hunt. We just we know there are areas that they loaf after eating. Um, you know, we can hunt them on sandbars. Or they get up on mud flats where you know at certain tides when the tide goes down, they'll get up really close to these banks or these mud flats and stuff where it exposes um, what they're eating. Um, so just kind of getting you know in either of those areas or a lot of time too, you can just get between areas that they're trading back and forth with the spread. I mean, you, you don't really need a whole, whole lot of decoys. So you're just kind of catching them trading throughout the day. Um, and it's just a matter of being patient for them and you're eventually going to get them. You know, it's, it's, I, I hate to say it, but I mean, it's not, it's not uncommon for us to, you know, kind of be in and out or, you know, we have days that we got to really wait them out, but you're eventually going to get them. It's it's really rare that we go, and it's like we don't get them. Um, you know, there are days where it just warms up, and there's no you – know, it's just like any other, you know, duck or goose. Like, you get those warm-ups, and there's no reason for them to, you know, fly around to feed. So they just sit all day. Yeah. You know, we just try to pick <laughs> – try to avoid those days. So I guess, like, if – like you said, uh, guys are coming out there to mark birds off their bucket list or fill out their U.S. Slam or whatever. What if they're heading out that way? What kind of gear 
are you looking at them to bring? Like just bring a gun and a coat or what kind of weather you guys look for? Or what's the setup for a guy? Uh, yeah. I mean the, the weather, the weather is really not a, a huge thing other than, you know, just it not being 70 that day. Cause we've had days in January, unfortunately it's like one, but the 70, the birds just like, you can see them just sitting three, 400 yards away and there's not a damn thing you can do. And then you go back the next day, you know, the temperature drops 20 degrees and you're, done in two flocks and you hunt the same exact spot yeah you know it just it just happens but um you know when we take people out for them um a lot of the places we hunt you know because if we're going out by boat you know waders and you know just dressed and comfortable like you would for any other duck hunt you know we hunt them you know we'll beach the boat and hunt out of layouts or you know kind of get in the grass and throw up a panel blind if we need to um but i, I really like hunting them out of the layout blinds um, i kind of got away I'm hunting him out of the boat, you know, now, especially now that I got the dog where I can just put him up on a sod bank with me and stuff to where you're not having to chase every bird down and hop in the boat immediately. God forbid, like the current starts really, you know, taking a bird away from you that you got to go deal with. Um, so, I mean, you're just, you're dressing no different. It's just, it's just a different environment that, you know, you wouldn't be accustomed to hunting, especially, you know, cause you know, especially if you're out in like the Midwest or something and you're not used to seeing anything and then, you know, you see like cities <laughs> and like, yeah. you know, really unique, like man-made features and you're, you know, you know, within a stone's throw of the ocean, but I mean, not really. I mean, we're, we're always hunting within, you know, a few miles away from it at some inlet, but it's just, it's just a different atmosphere. It's a, it's, it's very unique and it's, it's fun to watch the birds decoy and they're always super cooperative. And I mean, you know, we had a guy, I, I can't remember if I brought this up, and forgive me if I already brought it up, but, you know, back in January when we were out, you know, he came from mission to get him to get his bird. It was, like, his second-to-last bird, I think, to get, or maybe, like, he had two more left after his brand. And he was just like, I just want to go get one. Like, I don't, I don't, I'm fine with one. We don't need a banger hunt or anything, just one is all we need. He's like, I just want one to get a photo out of it, you know, with for my challenge and stuff. I'm like, I'm cool with that. Right. Well, like we're gonna like hang out a little bit longer than that because, like, <laughs> you know, want to get the dog some work and stuff. But I mean, like, we went out at like eight o'clock, just the way the tides were, and you know, you got to kind of hunt the birds around the tide. And um, you know, we were in and out of there in a couple of hours, and he was like, "All right, thanks. <laughs> like, see you guys later." Um. So yeah, I mean, it, it's it's a very casual hunt. It's not. I kind of look at it like our black ducks, like between those and the brand, people think it's like this white whale. And I don't know, I guess we're just, you're fortunate so, that it's just, yeah, it's like I mean, mallards so to us. To like winter as many birds as we do and stuff like that to where it's just like, uh, they go out, like it's going to be this like giant adventure or something. And it's like, we're going to go like 300 yards from the boat ramp and, uh, we're going to be done in about an hour. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's funny how that kind of stuff works. So I guess if people haven't heard you, I mean, you should go back. There's two episodes of you. We did one, and then like two days later, we did a Snow Goose 101 one for that when we did that little series. But what, I guess, explain, like for black ducks and stuff, isn't it like as far south as they go is like North Carolina, so just south of you, but a lot of them went around you guys? Is that what you were saying? Yeah, I mean, between the brand and the black ducks, like, New Jersey and New York, we winter like I think three quarters of the black ducks and like 
85% of the brand, something like that. So, so like when they get down to you guys, it's not like they're busting through like a lot of the country. Like they're, they're hanging out like a lot of the country for the migration. Like they're just there. We have black duck. We have black ducks that breed here, you know? So again, like us shooting them opening day or seeing them and shooting them opening week. Like that's not like uncommon. Um, but we don't really get the, you know, the migratory ones that are coming down the flyway from Canada and Maine and New York until, uh, probably like early December. Um, you know, they're kind of coming down the same time, like our mallards are getting here that are not our local birds. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, the brand are usually getting here like third week of October typically, um, which is interesting because they get here pretty early. Um, and then they weave super late. I mean, we have Brant that'll stay here until like early May and like they zip up breed and like, they just turn around and like turn and burn. It's pretty funny here and then gone. So I guess back to the gear and stuff that people want to come up over there for shell wise, like, is it like decoying them in like around here in the Midwest? Like you're hoping to get them to 30, 20 yards or whatever, like. Shoot some, mean, yeah, we're, we're, we're shooting them 15, 25 yards. Tops. So, like, I mean, don't need no special shells or nothing. Like, two shot, two and three quarter. Good to go. So, yeah, I mean, you can use twos, fours, three inch, two, three, two and three quarter. I mean, we're, it's basically a smaller version of a goose on the water that sounds a little bit goofier than a Canada goose. I mean, they're, for whatever reason, like, they're a lot more dainty. So, you know, they're pretty easy to put down, even if, you know, you just, you know, cripple them and you got to put another one in them. I mean, you know, but there's like a, a joke with Brand. It's like you shoot one and like three others die of a heart attack. <laughs> just It's just like kind of a running joke with them. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you're, you're always decoying. We're not really taking like there's no need to take any like passing shots at like giant flocks or anything. They're going again. If you're just patient enough, you're going to get birds that decoy and you can let them sit and kind of pick out your nice birds and you know that you want to get mounted and stuff like that do you guys get many banded brands brant shot then yeah yeah we, we shoot quite a few I've, it's funny because like i've actually never personally shot one and i mean like i remember like one hunt i think or back in january we had like three hunts like back to back to back we shot we had a group of four guys down from new york we shot four bands that day, and then we went back with guys from West Virginia like two days later. They shot a, a tarsal band. Well, so they, they use like a couple of different like schemes and stuff. So that it's actually like three bands, like an alphanumeric thing. They shot one of those, and then like the next day, my buddy took guys out from PA, and they shot a... Um, a brand with a backpack transmitter on it and it's just like back to back to back like just just that kind of luck and it's, it's not uncommon i mean they, they do band a lot of them and you know people think it's like gonna be this guarantee thing to come do and like like i've seen so many people shoot them with us and like i've still yet to shoot one <laughs> like guide life i mean it's just that's just how luck goes i guess how so, is it being a guide for that like are you shooting too, or is it customers fill their tags and then you worry about you or you kind of mix in or what's it like? Uh, yeah. I mean, it depends on the people. Um, <clears throat> I've had people that like, I don't even bring the gun and they're like, why didn't you bring the gun? Like shoot with us. I'm like, nah, like I don't care. 
And then, like, there's times I bring the gun and, you know, they're like, they're shooting birds. And they're like, why don't you shoot with us? I'm like, I'll let you guys shoot some more birds and then maybe I'll, you know, hop in. And then there's other people that are just doing a bunch of missing. I'm like, do I need to go grab my gun? <laughs> you know, like, that happens. Um, you know, it, it definitely depends on the situation. I mean, you know, I've talked to people where they're, you know, especially, like, being new to hunting, they want to go just kind of one-on-one where it's a little bit more controlled for them. They're like, if it's cool, like I would just like to shoot just to kind of build my confidence knowing like I shot that bird. I'm like, yeah, that's cool. Um, there's other times like I'll let people, you know, get that first volley and then I'll start shooting or something. And, you know, it's changed a little bit now that, you know, I'm kind of working the dog and focusing on him a little bit more, but, you know, usually, um, I'm always trying to like kind of gauge what people are kind of expecting out of that. You know, the brand, like I usually will wait till everybody's got theirs or is pretty close. And then like, I'll just shoot a couple, just again, extra reps for the dog. Um, so yeah, it's, it's just a situational thing. Are Brent and good eating? Are they uh briny or what are they like? Yeah, they're, they're not the most, they're not the most palatable. Um, they're not bad when they first get here. So we get like a, a small window in November that we can hunt them. And that's like, that's when they're okay. I'm not going to say they're great. I would still much prefer to go shoot a mallard. Um, but they're more palatable because they haven't switched their diet yet. Once they start switching their diet, like they just get put into the mystery meat pile that, you know, will turn into like, um, you know, snack sticks and stuff like that. Or, if I take a bunch of snow geese to get, you know, made into sausage, like I'll throw those then or something. Everything's so, good with the seasoning and a casing around it. Yeah. And then like, you just don't even know. Cause outside of that, like they're just, they're pretty rough. Um, which is interesting. Cause I've heard like Pacific brand are like really delicious. So I don't, I don't know. I haven't really looked into like why there's a, a difference there. <laughs> oh, well, they're definitely not the first thing that I want to put on my plate. <laughs> So you're saying you're not taking like a take treating them like a duck, fat on, skin on, throwing them on the cast iron. They might get ground up. The majority. I would not. I would not enjoy that smell in my house with a skin on, fat on brand in my cast iron. Is it like uh, fishy or <laughs> what is it? It's not. It's not even like a fishy smell. It's just because they eat. There's like a um, their their diet turns like um, green basically. And between that and then, you know, eating that stuff like out of the mud, like they just, they just smell like mud. Is it? Huh. <laughs> Even like black ducks smell like that sometimes. Like I've shot some black ducks in the salt marsh that just have a god awful stink to them. And like you can smell it even cooking them. And I'm like, usually like my black ducks that are not the ones I shoot in our south zone where I know they're eating good stuff. Like I'm putting them in the mystery meat pile because they're just, they can just be a little rough and I'm not really one to be into like brining me and doing all this stuff. Like if I have to go through all that to make it taste good, like I don't really want to be <laughs> like shooting it or I'm going to like force it to like go into something where I'm not going to notice it. Yeah. That's what's kind of fortunate about up here being in this, like the central flyway in the Northern part of it. I mean, the majority of these ducks, they've had enough time where they're starting to put on fat when they get here. And I mean, Saskatchewan down there eating nothing but grains. So you don't really have to worry about any fishy taste or anything. So, I mean, you shoot a mallard here. Most of the time they got fat and 
good skin and throw them right on the cast iron they're, and they are they're choking money. up beans and corn when you go to grab them yeah they're just <laughs> so good like the other day i was craving i was craving mallard breast real hard cast iron skin on cooked in its own fat type of thing i was i was thinking about it hard i think it was mostly because we froze up again so fast here that I didn't even get to get out. I might get lucky. We might get some like late push or something, but I think it's because it's been over a year that I haven't got one and I was thinking about it and then the taste of it started coming back and I was really craving it. But Well, and you know, it's, it's kind of funny that you bring that up because, you know, from the, like you're going talking about like the guiding side with like, you know, how people like, you, you know, depending on how I, if I do shit or if I don't, when we get like new people, and you know there's like a lot of other like guide services do it you know throughout the like flyway you know they get people who just want to like make the gun go bang and like just shoot and stuff so it's like we'll take them out for brant and bufflehead and stuff like that where it's like not the most like super palatable thing but like for a new duck hunter where they just want to go shoot a bunch like it's a good time and like i've like for from my angle from like what I've, you know, just learned and um, what I kind of did in the past life working, you know, the motivation for people now, like with hunting is to, you know, go after and pursue things that they can actually enjoy eating. So like I get people that are like, oh, we just want to go shoot, you know, and like, we don't care what it is. I'm like, well, is it going to, is it going to matter to you that we can go and like, we can do a bunch of shooting in. But what you're going to take home, you're going to, like, kind of get soured to having to eat, you know? So I'm like, look, like, would you rather go, you know, shoot a bunch of this? Or would you be happy shooting one, two, three, you know, depending on how well, you know, you are shooting, go shoot some ducks that you're actually going to take home and be like, wow, these taste good. I want to go do this again. Yeah. Like, if it's guys looking to hit that list and maybe get some mountable birds versus guys that are you know, actually grabbing meat, but yeah, I mean, I, I would say a lot of our, you know, brand hunts anymore, we're kind of taking out for people that want to collect them and get them for their slam. You know, I, I enjoy going and hunting them. They are a lot of fun, but you know, for some of the new people I take, you know, I just, you know, booked the guy for a few days um, and uh, coming up, you know, this month and then, into december and i was like look like you know he was kind of explaining to me he had done some of that stuff and he had a great time but i was like you know how did you enjoy eating them <laughs> you know so i was like you know we can go and like you know he explained how he wanted to kind of do stuff one-on-one -on -one, which you know I, I enjoy doing with people um and he was like i want to like just get my confidence up knowing what i'm going to shoot and everything so like, if we could kind of, like, you know, go do some, like, duck hunts, like, if we can do some field duck hunts, or if we can you know, do some goose hunts with field ducks or something, where I know I'm shooting, and I'm like, we're actually going to shoot some stuff, like, I'm going to enjoy to eat. I apologize for my loud dog, because <laughs> he's thirsty. <laughs> he must be getting annoyed with you taking so long between the rattling of the collar and then the food. <laughs> um, but anyways. Yeah, yeah like, he... You know, so it's just kind of that expectation, right, of, like, I don't really want to go do that with somebody because I know from my perspective it's not something I'm going to necessarily enjoy in a way. And I, I would rather somebody get the – like, I would rather see somebody get the enjoyment out of shooting one or two birds that they're going to take home and, like, really get to actually enjoy as opposed to, like, having to throw everything in the kitchen at it to try to make it palatable and, like – 
I could figure out a way to do this, you know? So when you have guys that specifically say they're trying to get their black duck and brant for the thing, how, what's the percentage of them that are trying to get them mounted to? Like, do you guys go out knowing that you're trying to get a good pretty bird or a lot of guys just want to knock it off the list, get a picture of me done, or like a lot of guys want to get them stuffed or what? Uh, yeah, it's it's definitely a mix. Some guys they just want to get it for the sake of you know their um, you know their forty one species, and they're not interested whatsoever in mounting them. And I have had some people come where it's like they just want mountable birds, and that's fine. Um, you know later in the season when we do start kind of doing some of those concurrent hunts, you know, the birds by then, you know, you don't really have to worry about it. So it kind of makes it easy. I mean, you know, you pick a Drake in late December through January, set it off to the side. Black, you're good to go. Black duck. Like it's, it's going to be, it's going to be pretty nice. Um, you know, the brand, like when we hunt those and either, you know, you're kind of letting them land. So, you know, which one's, or if it's a small flock, you just you have all the time in the world to really kind of pick out which birds in that flock are like the nice ones to pick out, so you can kind of call them out for them to shoot at. And so, like, are you out there with binoculars, like picking through them on the ground and saying like third one from the no. left, or, or can you just, you're just no, no, just again because we're you know we're shooting them 15, 25 yards. Um, you know, I'll, I'll bring and like keep binoculars on the boat occasionally, just when birds are out loafing and stuff like that, just to kind of see what they're doing, but. You know, we're not hunting anywhere where we can sit there and, like, they have to, like, you know, they land on the water in front of us and you can't already tell, you know, what that bird looks like. Because, you know, there's identifying features that kind of will make it pretty telling, um, you know, if it's a good bird or not. I got you. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. If I'm going that far, I'm getting a bird to bring back to get stuffed, but that's just me. <laughs> But I haven't got to the point where I'm starting to worry about those ones. I got a lot of birds to check off before I get to that point. But I think I got a couple of years. Wait until my son's old enough to start knocking birds off of his list. And then, then we'll start really worrying about it. Because there's no point in me trying right now anyways. If I'm going to start making trips for that type of thing, I may as well wait until I can go with him and get a twofer. For sure. For sure. How old is he? Four. <laughs> okay. So I'm way planning ahead. We got We got plenty of time. <laughs> we got plenty of time. You know, it's it's funny because like one of my buddies like just had a kid. And the kid's like uh, four months old now, maybe like or almost four months old. And it's like even like a couple of months ago, like us just like hanging out, like having a couple of beers together. Like it's like baby. He's like, man, like I'm so stoked. Like one day to like take him out, and I was like, I can't wait for him to do all the work for us because we're <laughs> gonna be older and like not want to do it, and like we can just put him to work and let him do everything. <laughs> Yeah. Well, my son's like not going to have the work. Yeah. My son's not going to have the work that I had because I grew up without duck dogs. So I was the duck and pheasant dog. And I don't know how many cripples I ran down in full on coveralls and too big of muck boots out in the middle of a cornfield that was three quarters of mud in South Dakota. So he's going to have a lot easier than I did. I put on a lot of miles. Oh, my God. Like, I I was just having this conversation with somebody. I I can't for the life of me remember. I think it was one of the. Oh, it was. um, the guy that I had here fall turkey hunting, like him and I like, you know, met up one night to kind of go over stuff and kind of start figuring out like a game plan for him. And we just got like, cause he, he didn't come from any sort of like hunting background or anything. So he's like going in totally green, which is awesome. Like I love that side of guiding. And you know, when I used to do that for work and everything, and that's a, <laughs> that's a different conversation to have, but like, 
we uh, we were talking about just like that different dynamic of you know how we grew up, and I was saying like how even before I could hunt, I remember like being out with my dad and his buddies, and I would just be like miserably cold as like an eight nine year old, and like just what in the hell am I out here doing? Like this, like how do they enjoy this? Like this is not fun, <laughs> you know? And like I'm thinking like down the road now, it's like like kids today coming up where it's like. Because, like, I don't obviously have any of my own. Like, if they, like, kind of have those same, like, thoughts that we did about, like, just you look back at some of the, like, stupid crap that you got roped into with, like, your dad or, like, your dad's buddies that, like, you were just out there running around picking up decoys or picking up birds or whatever. But, like, I don't know, just, like, things like that that you, like, you remember but you don't. But, like, they were good times, but they were also, like, I, you still don't fully understand it. They're fundamental it's, times, though. It's such though. an interesting thing. What's that? So they're fundamental times, though. Yeah, no, you you're absolutely, you're absolutely Embrace right Embrace the suck. That. You're absolutely right about that. Well, and I, I think part of it is, is like, not to be an old man back in my day type of thing, because I'm way too young to start doing that, but back in my day, we didn't have iPads and computers and all the other stuff. So, like, if you weren't, you know... If you weren't going with dad and grandpa to go hunting, you were staying home with the women, and that meant washing dishes and just sitting there <laughs> listening to women talk all day and nothing against women, but what they talk about isn't interesting to me. So, you know, like as a eight, seven, six-year-old kid, I want nothing more than to go with the guys and hang out and be hunting and outdoors rather than being stuck inside all day. So I think that's yeah. part of it because anymore, I mean, like, I mean, not that my son – he doesn't have an iPad. They have a tablet that they watch movies on when we're driving on long trips and that's it. But it just seems like there's so much more that they can do in the house to distract them versus, I mean, I had Tonka toys and my imagination. That was it. So I'd much rather be outside embracing the cold than sitting inside. Yeah. I mean, you know, I look back when I was, you know, even just starting out, you know, when I would be able to play hooky with like my dad and grandfather to like go out deer hunting we didn't have there. There was no cell phones really yet then, and it's like you still had walkie-talkies if you wanted to talk to each other on the property. And it's like you just went out with a crossword book. I don't know if that's really a thing now, but it's like you know you're ten, twelve years old with a, a crossword book to keep yourself occupied when you get bored. Like there's nothing else. It's like we're gonna drop you off here, and we're all gonna meet up at this point around eleven o'clock in the morning. Go grab you know, lunch, take a nap, and then we're going to go back out and do it again. Yeah, I remember the Sudoku. I remember doing that a lot in the summertime when, too, yeah. when there's yeah. nothing to do. <laughs> totally. But, well, so peek behind the curtain for everybody else. I've got a podcast record right after this one, so I want to push you out. But before we get out of here, we want to talk about dogs real quick. How's the hound pooch doing? Just like I tell everybody else, you know, he, he did, I will say this, it was interesting, like opening day, um, aside from like, you know, Canada goose season, you know, where kind of getting the cobwebs out and stuff like that. And he, he did overall really well, uh, September goose I had, I couldn't hunt him for a couple of days cause he boogered up one of his paws before a hunt. So I had to rest him for like a week waiting for that to heal, but it was really interesting reflecting on his first opening day versus this opening day. Um, just 
you know, again, you got to kind of take everything and, and stride. Right. And <laughs> I remember even like this opening day, like I got like pissed at him one at one point and <laughs> I didn't realize like his, his e-collar had fallen off. So I'm like, I have him like cranked up, like <laughs> trying to like trying to stop him to go grab this pintail. Like he's like 120 yards away from me and he's just like gone. <laughs> And I'm screaming at him across the marsh to, like, get back to me so I can, like, resend him. And I'm like, what in God's name is going on with this dog? Like, why he's not, like, giving me this attention. I Like, thankfully, it fell off, like, right at his blind. But aside from that, it was really cool to kind of see where he was last year when we took him out opening day. Where, you know, I was out with a couple of friends of mine who, they had a young dog. You know, we shot, like, seven or eight birds each dog got a couple of retrieves, but there was nothing pretty about it, right? And then I looked at, like, the Saturday that we were out for our opener, and, you know, we were out for, I don't know, 12, 13, 14 hours, something like that, between hunting and getting there early. And, you know, I, I left at one point, like, left him with my buddy um, and his son and stuff like that and other guys that came in. And he just hung out, didn't have a care in the world. You know, it was the first time I'd actually hunted him off like a platform with his blind. And he was really good about not really breaking or anything out of it. And like really just overall, just it was just a really cool kind of sur like surreal thing to see the, the night and day difference. Even though there were moments I was still kind of getting pissed at him. They were a lot far and fewer between compared to a year ago. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that that was cool to see. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, it was funny because there was one day during opening split, like him and I just went out in the afternoon. And believe it or not, it was the first time just he and I actually got to go out hunting together. You know, his whole first year, there was always other people there. Um, just because I wanted other people to shoot so I could focus on him. Or if something happened to me, God forbid he'd be with somebody, you know, that he knew. Yeah. So we had an afternoon that, you know, we just decided let's just go out for the afternoon and it was it was nice to be able to just finally do that for a change and shot three great wood ducks, he made three great retrieves and we kinda got that, you know, off our back now finally too that we can go do that. <laughs> it's gonna be fine. Perfect. Well again, I don't wanna cut you off or anything, but I got one more to do tonight. Hey, but so that good, was man. That was perfect. That was covered a lot of crap there, especially over the Branson Black Ducks, because that's a lot of the listeners aren't in your area, so that is like a holy grail, like you were saying, a white whale type of deal. So, <laughs> thanks. But hopefully next year we'll be back to two, so it'll yeah. be a little bit more of an incentive for people to come chase them with us. Yeah, and if we don't hear from you sooner, we might do another Snow Goose one one type of deal if you want to come back on and maybe share some more wisdom. Because if I remember right, we had to cut that one off too, and we were in the middle of deep into it so <laughs> we were deep into some dog stuff something something <laughs> all right cool well again i guess before we go people want to book a hunt with you guys get some of the birds knock off their list how do they get a hold of you and what are they looking for yeah you can um we have a website www.hunoto.com or you can find us on facebook and instagram at one tree outfitters llc one tree outfitters llc yep Okay, cool. Well, thanks a lot for coming on again. Um, 
We haven't had Hope good you have a good season. Again. Send me pictures as you guys are hammering stuff out, and we'll talk to you later. Definitely will. Cool, man. Appreciate it. Thanks.